Hey, welcome to New City Online. If you're new here, a special welcome to you. We're so glad you're joining us today. At New City Church, it's communion weekend. So take a few moments right now, if you're at home or wherever you are, to prepare some elements to take communion later in the service. We also wanna remind you about an event coming up called Group Link in just a few weeks. It's the easiest opportunity for you to get connected to a community group. And community is a big deal around here at New City. So make sure you go to newcity.us slash grouplink for more information and to register for this event. Now let's get ready to worship together. Good morning, New City. We're so happy to be with you this morning. My name is Jacob Hara. This is Annabelle Ford. And we're just excited to worship with you. But before we begin this time of worship, I just wanted to share something that's on my heart. First of all, I just want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, whatever it is that, that you may feel like uh, you're just hard up against the wall about, right now I just want you to take this time and just give that to the Lord. Just surrender those feelings of anxiety, those feelings of, of not knowing. And right now I want you to listen to the scripture. Nahum 1 and 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the time of trouble, and He knows them that trust in Him. So if you trust in Him, He knows who you are. He knows you in a way that nobody else knows you. He knows your heart. He knows the desires of your heart. He also knows your need. So this morning, I want you to be encouraged in the Lord. Now pray with me. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity and this time to worship you as a body of Christ, not only in a building, but, but Father, uh, just around the world and, and just in, in different ways, whether we're in our living rooms or in our vehicles. Father, right now, this time, we just want to, to dedicate it to you. Lord, we're excited for what you're going to do in this service. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Is 
step out in faith and we believe, it goes like this. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus.
so great to be able to worship together and we're grateful to have each of you joining us uh, for worship and I'm grateful to have uh, my friend and first responder Marshall Fletcher with us this weekend at New City across all of our locations including New City Online. We're recognizing and we're thanking and honoring first responders and so it's pretty cool across all of our locations we've got CMPD and uh, the fire department and medic represented and today we're fortunate enough to have um, Marshall Fletcher who represents medic of course and we just want to say thanks for all the work that you guys do uh, day in and day out. 
And it's easy sometimes um, to take these guys for granted, uh, the men and women that serve our city so well. And so we just we want to take a weekend, especially here at New City, just to say thank you and to recognize all of our first responders. For any of you watching that are first responders or have family members that are, we want to say thank you to each of you. And we want you to know that um, as a church, we've made uh, a donation to several different organizations here in the city on behalf of our church uh, as a way of saying thanks to CMPD, to the fire department, to medic. Uh, and then, of course, we just want to say thanks to Marshall and all of you uh, who are serving. And I wanted to, while I've got Marshall here, uh, I wanted to ask uh, just what this whole season's been like for you, because each of us, right, has a story about COVID and what the last six months have been for us, but for, for you, I'm sure, and for all your colleagues, I mean, what an experience. So maybe you could just give us a, I know you could probably talk for hours, a lifetime of stories, but just give us an insight into your world. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. And really, when this whole thing struck in March and it was kind of becoming a reality for everybody, anxiety is the one word that I can use to sum up how everybody felt. Um, yeah. We were all, becoming re-familiar with our personal protective equipment and how we're using it and when we're gonna use it. And I remember going on those first few calls, really feeling anxious and really trying to make sure that I was careful about every step that I was taking to keep myself safe and my, my team safe and to go home safe at the end of the night. And now here we are in September and it's our new normal. It's, it's how we do business. It's how we're gonna continue to do business for the foreseeable future and we just plug along every day, answer the call and, and try and do the right thing for our patients and the people of our community. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it sounds like just so inadequate to say thank you, but I know for everyone who's a part of our online service today, we just, we wanna say thank you um, to you personally, but to all your colleagues. Um, we're, we're grateful for you and for your work. And, you know, part of today, it's important that we just take a Sunday like today and just acknowledge our first responders um, and thank them. But as we, you know, carry on day after day, because the work, you know, 24-7 for you guys, maybe just as a church for, for the New City family, how can, how can we be praying for you and for all the first responders? Maybe just give us an insight um, as we commit today to praying for you guys, not only today, but going forward. How, how can we best pray for you? Well, thank you is amazing. And we don't get as many thank yous as you might imagine. And the ones we do get, we cherish. Um, as far as prayers for first responders, EMS, police, fire, um, prayers for resilience are greatly appreciated. It's not over for us. It's a day-to-day -day thing. And while it may feel like it's coming to an end or slowing down, for us, it's a, it's a daily, hour-to-hour uh, -hour operation and it's still going and you know we need to be resilient and we need to have faith in God that he's going to get us through it and that we're going to come out on the other side. Yeah that's uh, I heard the word I'm sure you did too resiliency um, so we'll definitely be praying for that and for faith. Um, I know uh, Marshall's a, a member of our New City family we have so many first responders that call New City uh, their home and, and and so many people who are serving that are people of faith and representing Jesus uh, all across our city in this significant way. So, so thank you, and um, we're grateful for you. And uh, I think I can speak for everyone today that we want to uh, commit to to be in prayer uh, for each and every one of our first responder uh, teammates here uh, in our city. And we want to say um, as well that we, as as I mentioned, we've we've made a gift um, to to medic and to CMPD and to the fire department 
uh, in the amount of $15,000 just to, to bless first responders and to help those who have particular needs. And uh, I would encourage you to, to check out some of those organizations. You can find them on our website. And, and thank you for supporting our church in the way that, that we can uh, be blessed to, to bless other people. That's what God says. We're a blessed people so that we can be a blessing. And it is a blessing to be able to, um, to bless our first responders today. And I want to say thank you for those of you who are faithfully giving uh, to our church. And if you're interested in giving, you can find out that information on our website, newcity.us give. And I want to pray for our offering, and then we're going to continue uh, in worship today. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this day that you've made. Thank you for uh, the ability to be able to worship together. I pray for each of my friends who are joining us today for worship, that you would bless them and encourage them and their families. And today in particular, we do remember and we honor and we celebrate our first responders. Uh, we are so grateful for them. And I pray that each and every one of them, every, every man and woman would know how appreciated they are. Um, that we pray for them as a church, not just today, but every day, and help us to, uh, to remember to pray for them, to pray for faith and resiliency, as Marshall shared with us today, for protection for them, for protection for their family members um, as they go home and they serve their families. Um, we just pray your blessing and your hand of protection over them. And I pray that today they would know um, how appreciated they are and how grateful we are for them. Uh, Lord, we do remember those who um, 19 years ago uh, lost family members and friends uh, on 9-11. And so this weekend, we in particular uh, think about the first responders that were responding that day. And we think about um, family members and friends in our whole country that lost so much. And it's hard to believe it's been 19 years, but we remember that today. Um, and as we recognize and celebrate our first responders, um, we think about so many who served on that day and we honor them and bless them. And we continue to pray for friends and family members who lost loved ones today. God, thank you for the ability to, to worship you. That's what we wanna do today. And we pray that you would encourage us and draw us closer to you as we continue to do so. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Well, hello and welcome to New City. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Rodney, the South Park pastor. And if you're new here, joining us for the first time, a special welcome to you. Please take a moment as your time permits and let us know that you're here. We love to connect with you. The best way to do that is for you to go to the website, newcity.us, and fill out the contact form there. Well, we've been in a series over the last few weeks studying the life and the leadership of Nehemiah. And today we're going to take a look at the second half of chapter number four. Now, if you've missed any of the, of the series so far, I invite you to go back, watch it online at newcity.us slash sermons. And I would definitely encourage you to do so. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter number four. We're going to begin at verse number 15. If you're following along on your mobile device, you can go to the New City app. The scripture and the sermon notes should be preloaded for you there as well. Now, while you're making your way to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15, let me recap uh, for a few moments what we've learned about Nehemiah so far in this series. Well, first off, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. And Nehemiah had cultivated a, a heart for God's plan. 
He cultivated a heart for God's plan, and we know how important that is that we cultivate a heart for God's plan because I don't know about you, but, but I don't always wake up and want to do what God has called me to do. But we see this uh, very early in chapter 1 of Nehemiah that he cultivated a heart for God's plan. We went on to learn that Nehemiah would face opposition boldly, yet he would continue to make preparations for the work that God had called him to do. And then Nehemiah boldly by faith declared in the presence of opposition that he was all in on God's plan. And so were many other people. And subsequently, they began to rebuild and repair the walls around Jerusalem. And last week, we looked at how Nehemiah and the people handled the opposition. And in that, we learned that our faith and love for Christ carries us through all opposition. And so today, once again, we'll take a look at the second half of Nehemiah chapter number four. But before we do that, let's take some time to pray together. God in heaven, we thank you for this sacred moment, this space of grace that you have, by your wisdom and by your divine providence, allowed us to enter in. Not because of anything that we've done, but because you're just that good of a father. And so, God, we pray that you would arrest our attention in this moment, God. That you would drive out anything that would distract our minds or that would distract our hearts from receiving and hearing from you in this moment. We pray, God, that no matter where we're watching from today, no matter where we're tuning in from, that you would be the authority in that space and that you would get the glory out of this moment. We thank you for what you're getting ready to say to us, and we pray that you would help us by faith to walk in it and live it out for the world to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so I hope you have Nehemiah chapter number 4, verses 15. Through 23. Let's read together. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and the God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. And I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that, they may be, that, they may be, that there may be excuse me, a guard for us by night and, my, and may labor by day. So neither I nor the brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. This is a very, very important uh, passage of Scripture, and I love it. What we see here 
in this portion of chapter number four is that God has frustrated the plans of the enemies of his work. And Nehemiah and company have returned to work on the wall. However, Nehemiah did not ignore the threats of the enemy. I need you to catch this. He did not ignore the threats of the enemy. Instead, he set up a plan. He set up a plan that would ensure the continued progress of God's work. In other words, Nehemiah knew that not only did they need to be willing to build, but they also had to be ready for battle. So why did Nehemiah need a plan? Why did Nehemiah need a plan? I believe that Nehemiah needed a plan for two reasons. One, because he had a purpose from God to rebuild the wall. And two, he had a persistent enemy. He had a persistent enemy in Sanballat and Tobiah. And in a moment, we'll take a look at Nehemiah's plan and see what we can learn from it because we too, as Christ followers, have a purpose from God and a persistent enemy. And just like Nehemiah and the people here in chapter number four, it's important for us as God's children to both build and to battle. See, because we can't stop building to battle and we can't stop battling to build. We must be ready and equipped to do both simultaneously. Because here's the truth, and it's serving as the bottom line for our message today. If you're going to build God's kingdom, you're going to battle Satan's kingdom. No two ways about it. If you are going to build God's kingdom, you're going to battle Satan's kingdom. And I'm sure many of you have, have found that to be true in your life, in your life. So let's take a look here at Nehemiah's plan some things that I believe that we can learn from. Nehemiah's plan consisted of four elements, four elements. The plan that Nehemiah devised called for the people to be active. It called for them to be armed. It called for them to be alert. But the foundation of Nehemiah's plan was God's promise. Let's take a look at the first part here in verse 15. The first thing that we see in Nehemiah's plan is that it called for the people to be active. Let's read verse 15, uh, part B again. It says, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. In other words, in spite of the opposition, in spite of the opposition, they continued with the mission to repair and rebuild the wall. They continued with the mission. Now, this is, this is important because many of us tend to give up in the face of opposition. Many of us tend to, to give up. In fact, the first thing that's often sacrificed when opposition shows up is God's plan. God's plan is often the first thing that is sacrificed. Listen, we, are, we serve a living and a mighty God who desires that his people continue to live, move, and have his being, have our being in him. See, the, the, the attacks of the enemy here come to steal, they come to kill, and they come to destroy the progress and the work that we are all attempting to do for the Lord. And that was certainly the case here in Nehemiah chapter number four. I don't know about you, but, but many times in, in my life, I, I, I often falsely believe that things have to run smoothly or that they always have to line up perfectly in order for it to be of God or for it to be a part of God's plan. But the scriptures show us that that's not always the case, don't they? 
they show us that, that, that that's not always the case. Because I believe this. I believe that God is more concerned with our progress than he is our perfection. God is more concerned with our progress than he is our perfection. And, 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 and maybe that's, that's a word for somebody that's watching right now who feels paralyzed by the need for everything to be perfect or the need for everything to run smoothly. I want to encourage you, if this is you, I want to encourage you to move forward, to move forward in God and know that the center of God's plan is the safest place on earth for you to be. The center of God's plan is the safest place for you to be, no matter what it looks like or no matter what it feels like. Center of God's plan is the safest place for you and for me. And so we need to continue to be active, pressing, ever moving deeper into the work that God has called us to do in spite of the opposition. This is God's desire. I believe that, that the graveyards are full of people who gave up on God's plan in spite of opposition. And see, see we, we see here in chapter number four, the second half, here that Nehemiah and company, they didn't give up. They, they remained active. They remained uh, consistent in what it was that God called them to do. And that was a reflection of the great leader that they had in Nehemiah. And so they were active. They continued in the course of their calling. And I believe that you and I should do the very same thing. And since they had a persistent enemy who did not give up, who didn't want them to build the wall, Nehemiah decided that as a part of his plan, they also had to be armed. And this is point number two. Verses 16 through 18. Let's read it again. It says, From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. Those who carried the burdens were loaded and in, were loaded in such a way that each labored on the wall with one hand and held his weapon with the other. I absolutely love this. I love this. So they were active. They continued in the plan of God, but they were also armed. They were prepared for battle. They were prepared for battle. They were carrying weapons while they were working. Some were working, some were watching, but everybody was armed. Everybody was armed. The scripture says that they, their weapons included spears, shields, bows, and even body armor. They had to be ready at any moment for any attack of the enemy, any attack of the enemy. The book of Nehemiah mentions roughly seven times that the enemies tried to stop Nehemiah and this work. Seven times. And so you and I, just like the people here in Nehemiah chapter 4, we need to be armed as well. Because as Christ followers, we have a persistent enemy that does not want us to remain active in the call and the purpose of God for our lives. Only unlike the people here in Nehemiah chapter 4, our weapons have to be spiritual. Our weapons are spiritual because that's the nature of the battle that we fight. That's the nature of our battle. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil 
in heavenly places. So we have to be armed spiritually and not try to fight our battles out of our flesh. Now, I know that's easier said than done sometimes because when opposition arises, the first thing, at least in me, that wants to rise up and respond is my flesh. But I'm here to remind you today that that's not how you and I as Christ followers are supposed to fight. That's not how we're supposed to be armed. I love verse 6 of Nehemiah chapter 2 that talks about God giving the people a mind to work. It talks about God giving the people a mind to work. And this is important because a mind, our minds, are the, is the first thing that the enemy often attacks when he comes against us. It's the first thing that the enemy is after through depression, through discouragement, confusion, you name it. The first, the first place that the enemy comes after is our minds. And so this is important that we arm ourselves for this battle, that we are prepared to remain active in the course and the plan that God has for us. And so just like Nehemiah and the people here in chapter number four, just like they had to be prepared for battle, so do we. I want you to listen here what, what, what Dr. Tony Evans says about spiritual warfare in his book, The War Revealed. He says this. He says, our battle is not against our neighbor. It's not against our spouse. It's not against our coworker. It's not against our child. It's not even against our own weaknesses in our flesh. People, he goes on to say, are simply a conduit for the spiritual battle taking place in the spiritual realm. If we really want to get in the fight, we must equip ourselves with the armor of God, which allows us to fight not just the effects of the war, but the root of the conflict. I love that. Not just the effects of the war, but the root of the conflict. And that's what spiritual, uh, that's what fighting and being armed spiritually helps us to do. It helps us to not just deal with what we see with our natural eyes, but it helps us to deal with what's going on in the spirit realm. What's, what, what the uh, roots of the conflict and the things that we are facing really is. I want to invite you to read, as your time permits, uh, Ephesians 6, verse 13 through 17, because it talks about what the armor of God is. It talks about the weapons that we need to be arming ourselves with as Christ followers. And so I, I want to encourage you strongly to take some time this week and read that and then begin to apply this armor to your life. Because it was important to Nehemiah that he continue in and finish the work that God called him to do. So much so that he had the people arm themselves in preparation to battle anyone who would try to stop them from continuing in the work that God called them to do. And what I'm suggesting is, is that you and I, since we're going to be active and building God's kingdom, I'm suggesting that you and I arm ourselves as well. And so Nehemiah's plan included that the people be active, that they continue in the course of their calling. It included that they also be armed, ready, ready to fight any enemy that would dare try to stop them. But it also included, in verse number 20, that they be alert. It also included that they be alert. Verse 20, uh, the first part says, at whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. So in other words, no matter what the workers were doing, no matter where they labored on the wall, they all had to keep an ear out 
for the sound of the trumpet, which represented the presence of an enemy. And likewise, ladies and gentlemen, you and I must be alert and watchful for the attacks of the enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, don't read that too fast. I want you to notice that it says he is seeking someone to devour. He's seeking someone to devour. In other words, if you're building for God, if I'm building for God, he's looking for us. If we're building for God, we have a persistent enemy who is looking, who is seeking to devour us. So naturally, if he is looking for us, we ought to be on alert. We ought to be watchful for him. And this is what Nehemiah was calling the people to do. Here in the verses that we just read, he was calling them to not only be active, not only to be armed, but be alert. Understand that we have a very present enemy that is seeking to stop, discontinue the work that we are attempting to do for God. But I want you to understand this also. This is not just about looking outwardly for the enemy. Being watchful, being alert, it's not just about uh, looking outwardly for the enemy. It's also about being watchful inwardly. It's also about being watchful inwardly. Uh, Proverbs 4, 23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And so not only do we have to be watchful for the enemy without, we have to be watchful for the enemy within. Because you know, like I know, that, that, that the enemy seeks to influence God's children any way he can. And so we have to be watchful over our eye gates and our ear gates for the influence of the enemy so that we can continue in the course and the plan that God has for us. And we see that demonstrated here in Nehemiah. He's calling for these people to be alert, be watchful. Don't ignore the reality of the enemy that we face. And as Christ followers, we should do the same thing, because Nehemiah understood that there was a lot at stake here. He understood that there was a lot at stake. And so if you and I are going to build for God's kingdom, God's purpose, and God's plan, we have a lot at stake also. There's a lot on the line, and so you and I have to be alert as well. I, I, say, this, I say this to people often. Distractions often come disguised as opportunities of a lifetime. Distractions often come disguised as opportunities of a lifetime. And as children of the Most High God, we cannot uh, fall prey into these victims and these traps of the enemy. So it is ever so important that we are alert and that we are watchful. And Nehemiah, as a part of his plan, challenged the people to do the same thing. He put a plan in place to ensure that when the enemy showed up, everybody had to be watchful and aware of his presence. And so in Nehemiah's plan, they had to be active, they had to be armed, they had to be alert. But I believe that this last part, as I begin to close, was the genius part of Nehemiah's plan. Let's look at the end of verse 20, where Nehemiah says, our God will fight for us. That was the genius part of Nehemiah's plan. But we hear that these words echoed all throughout Scripture. Many of, uh, of our forefathers of faith echoed these same words. And so I believe that, that, that God is reminding us of this today so, so that we would know this also. 
that, that God will fight for us. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through right now, I need you to hear this. God will fight for you. And this was, this was the best part of, of Nehemiah's plan because I believe that, 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 that part of God's plan for fighting for us includes us standing beside each other, fighting with and for each other as we're active in God's plan, as we move forward in God's plan. Because, see, the people here in Nehemiah chapter 4, they were active, they were armed, they were alert, but more importantly, they were together. They were together. The scripture mentions uh, in several, time, several places here in Nehemiah that next to him was so-and-so and next to him was this person. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to miss this. They, 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 were, they had a very present enemy that wanted to stop the work, but they were together. And so this is why here at, at New City, community is our design. This is why community is our design, not just because uh, that's, that's the place where genuine growth happens, but because we only struggle well when we struggle together. We only struggle well when we struggle together, side by side, arm in arm, hand in hand. And so Nehemiah encourages the people here that God will fight for us. And listen, I believe that the realization of this for us as Christ followers is life-changing. The realization that God will fight for us, can you imagine? Imagine with me here the rest that you and I can get when we truly believe that God will fight for us. I want you to imagine the peace that will come into your life when you realize that God will fight for you. I believe that, that our only responsibility, our only fight is to put our armor on. Our only fight is, is, to, is, is, to, is to put that armor on and then stand firm. In fact, that's what Ephesians 6, 13 tells us to do. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. And so, so Nehemiah encourages the people here that, that, that God will fight for us. God will fight for us. In fact, that was the very foundation of Nehemiah's plan. The foundation of his plan was the, was the knowledge and the belief that God will fight for us. And here's something, see, here's something else that we can be encouraged by. The battle is already won. The battle is already won. Listen to this quote from Dr. Tony Evans. He says, you are not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. The battle is already won. <laughs> now, for me, that, that, that's encouraging. That's encouraging for me to know that, that I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. I'm fighting from a place, a stance, a position, a realization that the battle is already won. I've already, I've, this battle has already been won. No matter where you are, what you're going through, the battle is already won. It's already won. And the people here in Nehemiah chapter 4 had a leader in Nehemiah who had a plan that they could trust. But the good news is, is we too have a leader in Jesus that has a plan that we could trust. And so just like Nehemiah and the people here in chapter number four, 
they were active. Let's continue to be active in God's plan. They were also armed. Let's endeavor to put on the full armor of God. They were alert. Let's be watchful. Let's look out for one another. Let's have each other's back because it's not just about you, right? It's about all of us fulfilling the purpose, the plan, and the will that God has for us. And as we build and as we battle, let's remember that the battle's already won. God will fight for us. The safest place for us to be is in the center of Jesus' plan for our life. Bottom line again is, if you're going to build God's kingdom, which I pray you are, you're going to battle Satan's kingdom. But thanks be to God that he's already won the battle. To God be the glory. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for fighting for us. So we choose in this very moment to rejoice in the finished work of Christ. It's already done. It's already finished. So God, I pray right now for the person listening who may have been trying to fight on their own, may have been trying to fight in their own strength, out of their own flesh. Thank you for the fresh realization, God. The battle's already won. And that when we believe that, by faith, we can rest in that truth. So we pray, God, that you would help us to don your armor and then stand firm. And when we do so, we can rejoice. And whether we're building or battling or both, the victory is ours. Thank you so much for loving us enough to fight our battles on our behalf. There's no better plan, Jesus, than the one that you have for us. Thank you for loving us, for keeping us, and for blessing us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, New City. I pray that the message was a blessing to you. And I pray that you'll be back next time. God bless you. Now we're going to enter into a time of communion. And as a church, we want to give you an opportunity as a family or as a group to be able to take communion together. Let's look at Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink of this cup, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the table of God for the people of God.
Thanks so much for joining us in worship today. If you would, extend your hands for a benediction. This one comes from Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.